writing a book is a long process. And it's important to find ways to keep yourself energized over the next section. That's also a reason why a previous thing I mentioned was everywhere. So if you're energized about a particular thing, go there. Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to the Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join the Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hello, and welcome to the Author's Corner. I'm your host, Robin Colucci. And today, I am happy to introduce to you Bradford R. Kane, who is the author of Pitchfork Populism, 10 Political Forces That Shaped an Election and Continue to Change America. Brad has an amazing career that began in the U.S. Congress as legislative counsel to U.S. Congresswoman Cardis Collins as counsel to the House Energy and Commerce Subcommittee on Commerce, Consumer Protection, and later as a member of President Clinton's task force on health care reform. Thereafter, he served the state of California as deputy controller and legislation, and subsequently as deputy secretary of information technology. Kane was a member of the Nielsen Media Research Task Force on Television Measurement, created the Bipartisan Bridge website, which was for advancing bipartisanship in American government, and was vice president for government relations at a consulting firm and developed environmental and economic equity initiatives. In the global arena, Brad was a strategy council member of the United Nations Global Alliance on ICT and Development CEO of the International Commission on Workforce Development and Director of Strategic Initiatives and Director of International Development at TechSoup Global. Kane also contributed a chapter to the book Dream of a Nation and posted many articles on the Huffington Post as a featured contributor. So let's just say this guy had a very busy and full life. And I don't know how anybody has held that many positions and can be as young as Brad appears to be. (laughs) But more importantly, what Brad is here to talk to us today about is not politics. Brad will be sharing about his process for developing his book idea and how it ultimately led to a book deal with Prometheus and his subsequent promotional efforts and journey. And once again, I love it when we have authors on this show to share about their journeys, because I feel that not only is it interesting, but each time you'll see that there are, inside of a very structured process, there are a lot of different ways that things can unfold. And Every single time that you hear an author talk about their journey, you will receive nuggets, especially successful authors. That's who you... (laughs) Let me clarify. We're talking about having authors who have succeeded in accomplishing their aims with their books. Then you will hear nuggets of insight that will resonate with you and that perhaps you would never have thought of. 
and you can take those with you on your own journey. And Brad also has very generously outlined a short list of his tips of what his takeaways were from going through the experience himself. So I hope that you will receive lots and lots of great insight and value and enjoyment. Thank you. So Brad, welcome to the Author's Corner. Thank you very much, Robin. I'm so delighted to have you here and thank you for agreeing to be here to share about your experience of becoming an author. And I guess the first thing that we should ask about is, when did it first occur to you to write Pitchfork Populism? The origin of that was that following the November 2016 election, which uh, gave us a result that many of us found more than troubling and also did not anticipate that that could possibly happen, I had to search for answers. I realized that there was a lot of stuff going on that I had not given sufficient attention to and credibility toward. So basically, I dove into it from that point of view, and I wrestled with that for quite a while. And I started researching more and talking, you know, getting other people's thoughts. And at a certain point, it all coalesced. And at a certain point, it all became crystal clear to me. And I realized that so many of us were struggling with this that I realized I had to do my part and write it. And that was both from the point of view of helping share that, but also that as troubled as many of us were and are about those trends, basically, I had to do my part. And that's part of finding, as I'll talk about later in terms of some kind of a checklist of tips, but that ties into it in terms of what is your purpose and finding your passion. It was very much out of that kind of orientation. Yeah. And I think there is a transition point, right? Where you have, there's something that you're interested in that you feel passionate about, but then there's that transition point when you realize it is a book. What was that moment for you? It's kind of a epiphany moment because I was walking in circles those first couple of weeks and walking into walls uh, <laughs> before I started doing the research I needed and really digging into it and going back and reading other people's perspectives. And at a certain moment, it was crystal clear. It all hit me that this is what happened and here's why it happened. Gotcha. And then when you had the clarity, that's what made you realize that you wanted to put that explanation in a book. That's right. I had to do something about it. Great. Fabulous. And so when you made that decision, what were some of the first questions you had? Did you already have a publisher in mind or what was your next step in the journey that way? Nothing whatsoever in terms of a publisher or an agent or whatever. The whole thing What I realized for a lot of people and also within the book publishing industry, some people try to write us, come up with an idea, write a summary float the summary, try to get a publisher to support based on kind of a synopsis. I didn't do any of that stuff. To me, hmm. the work was going to speak for itself. So okay. the idea was just write it. And I kept it under wraps, shared it with friends. And of course, I was bouncing ideas off of a circle of, of friends. But at a certain point, so I began, so giving you the timeline, it was in, I think, April of 2017, when it all became crystal clear. And I wrote the outline that night. And then in, I pondered it further, began writing it in May. Mm -hmm. By September or October, I can't remember exactly, September, October of 2017, I stood back from it and I realized I've got something here. And at that point, I started reaching out to people in the book world 
to get their thoughts on how I could go forward saying, because I didn't want it to be as if Stephen King doesn't have to worry about that. All he has to do is say, hey, I've got an idea. But most of us aren't Stephen King. So the idea was I needed to write something. Once I wrote something, I felt like this is real and I've got something here. Then I started reaching out to some contacts I had in the publishing world. Some of them were very encouraging. Some of them were very helpful. I got some great feedback. It also helped steer me for my next stage of writing, like which things I wanted to draw out further and positioning certain things. So I got some invaluable feedback from people in the book world, as opposed to just the political world. I come from the political world, not the book world, but hearing people from the book world was very helpful. Okay. So you got input from people in the publishing industry, in the publishing world. And so you ended up with Prometheus as your publisher, which is one of the independent presses, right? Not, not an imprint of one of the big five or anything like that. So what was that journey like for you? Because I know it's probably a little different than people who are going for the big five traditional deal. Well, it is. I actually have one foot in each because when Prometheus, when I reached out to Prometheus and when all that came to fruition, they were an independent standalone since the 1960s, very well established, but they are now actually an imprint within the Roman and Littlefield company. So I had an experience with both, but the person who at the time was leading Prometheus, who had been there for, I think, decades, he was fantastic. And he was both very incredibly knowledgeable about the book world, but also very thoughtful in terms of the substance of what I was writing. So he was extremely helpful. And so did you, how did you come across him? Because I saw they have on their website, they have a submission. Did you just submit it on the website? Did you have a connection to this person already? Well, it's a great question. This is something that I often talk about more so in political and governmental context than in book context, but it applies here too. Networking. And there are, of course, many people who talk about the importance of networking. I'm a big believer in that. I actually, a couple different years, I went to Book Expo America, oh, which yes. I think now is just called Book Expo. And it would, uh, I'm not sure exactly the state of it given COVID 19 and such, but Book Expo, the largest conglomeration of all things publishing in America, it's the largest one in our country each year. And I would go there and I'd network and I'd talk to people. And there were certain publishing companies that were there that dealt with the types of books that I would be oriented toward that I might write. And so I developed contacts there. And that's, oh, that was yeah. the universe of people who I circled back to when I was looking for feedback and contacts. And also when I was trying to find a publisher, my starting point were those people. So I big believer, get out there and talk to people. You never know where it leads. You get some good ideas and resources for the future when you get to that point when you will really benefit from being able to gain from their knowledge. Yes. And this meeting for anyone who's interested used to take place in New York City every year around the end of May, beginning of June is usually. And it looks like they're going to do it in 2022. So okay, there you go. So stand by. Now, did you go direct to the publisher? Did you end up having a literary agent representation? Or what was your process there? All the above. Ah. Um, once again, it's more art than science. Yes, you know? it is. Right? And this is all part of the networking thing is that different people in the industry know different people. So the interesting thing is, in my case, confession, I was trying to go direct to publishers. 
And that's actually what was very beneficial because I got feedback when they would look over a chapter or whatever, and it helped me improve and tailor, draw things out or whatever, position things. But ultimately, one of the people who I reached out to was Stephen Mitchell of Prometheus, who, once again, going back to a contact that I had made at BEA, Book Expo. Mm -hmm. And he, in addition to being very helpful, also suggested that I reach out to a particular literary agent. Oh, wow. And she was fantastic. And then uh, that's Nancy Rosenfeld, who I worked with. Great. And then Nancy, after we got things in the kind of shape that is appropriate for sending to publishers, she sent to a number of publishers, including Prometheus. <laughs> now, so did- it was interesting. It circled back that way. Yeah. And I'm curious, had Prometheus indicated to you that they would be interested in potentially picking up the book before you went, before they introduced you to Nancy, or was it just a very... It uh, wasn't at that stage. They not tip their hand. They didn't tip their hand. And once again, it was that Stephen Mitchell offered some very insightful thoughts that I took to heart. Part of my objective there was in improving the product. And once again, with Nancy Rosenfeld preparing certain documents in the way that the industry likes, then we put together the package and it all came together. Yes. But once again, for for people, especially for first time writers and such, underscores the importance of networking, talking to people, being open to advice and guidance and all that and being responsive to it. Yeah, absolutely. Because publishing really is its own little world, right? And kind of has its own language and its own set of rules. And it can be difficult, really impossible to navigate if you don't have some expert help. It's going to be really tough to navigate it successfully, for sure. (laughs) And so now when you got your agent, was your manuscript done or where did you go next with it? It was done. But of course, I continued editing thereafter. Here's an interesting twist on that, though. So by the time that happened, as I mentioned, it was like, I guess, October of 2017, when I realized I've got something here, and I started reaching out to people. But of course, things were happening fast and furious in the governmental and political world, everything that tied into what I was writing about. So I I was still writing, I was still expanding. There were some chapters were pretty much all done and written and other chapters, I was still writing and evolving with those. So it wasn't until about a year later, it was like late in 2018, that I realized not only do I have something here, but this is ready to go. And I think it was around that time when I had talked to Stephen Mitchell at Prometheus. So it was much more of a finished product. Now, the interesting thing is there's always that issue for writers. When is it done? Because you right. know, going back and constantly yes. editing, taking <laughs> another round from another perspective, looking through another lens through another filter. And that's also part of my checklist that I'll have for you. Looking at the same material, stepping away, coming back to it with fresh eyes from another perspective, another filter. Filter is a a word that I use because one time I'm editing with one thing in mind, another time I'm editing with a different concept in mind. So then I was under contract, it was locked down. And the reason I bring this up is because in early 2019, it was basically locked down and ready to go to print. And I called them up one day and said, stop, please. I need it back. (laughs) Correct. I had to have it back. I had to have it back for a few days, even though it was locked down. And the reason was because 
in many, many, many places in my book, I said, but it depends on what Mueller comes up with. This was when Robert <laughs> Mueller was doing the investigation. Yes. And so I had so many placeholders because there were so many issues where it would depend on what he found and what direction he recommended. And then he came out with his report. Right. So that's why I just had to say, I need it back. Give me yeah. like two days. And mm -hmm. there were many, many places in the book that I revisited to edit that one thing. So many other things happened I would have liked to address also, but that was essential. That's such an important point that you bring up because a book is really, once it's in print, that's it. I mean, it's that's not right. like blog posts. It's not like a website. You can't just keep revising it. And it does, it becomes that snapshot. And when you're writing about things that are rapidly changing and politics is absolutely one, another one is technology. It can be a really challenging area to write in because there could be a completely revolutionary new technology that wipes out you know, many right. suggestions in a book. So yes, yeah, so I think that's also an important thing to keep in mind as to even how you phrase things, right, to extend the shelf life of the book. And then another solution, of course, is to do a new edition. And of course, wondering, I know I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I'm wondering now that we're heading into a new election cycle. <laughs> do you have any designs on possibly doing a second edition, maybe even in 2024 or something like that? Or I'm just curious if you thought. Uh, I have pondered it because within the way I wrote my book was that dealt with the past, the present, and the future. Within each chapter, it's part history in terms of explaining of these 10 forces. The full title of the book is Pitchfork Populism, 10 Political Forces That Shaped an Election and Continue to Change America. So in each of the 10 forces, I did a deep dive historically that with a lot of research and from how did we get here? Some of the 10 forces go back to the roots of America in the 1700s, maybe the 1600s, but at least the 1700s and other things would go back like 50 years, depending on which of the 10 forces we're talking about. So part of it was history. Then part of it was absolutely the present because the person who was living in our White House at the time was basically... Well, we know very well now, everyone knows very well now what he tried to do to everything from our standard perceptions of things to the Constitution. So the present was absolutely a focus on how all those historical forces which led up to this point are now playing out because of what that guy was doing and what his people were doing. But then also in each chapter, the final subchapter or section within each chapter was the implications of that force on the post-Trump era. Mm. I was very focused on the post-Trump era. So mm -hmm. basically I wrote from a 28th, most of the writing was done in 2018, early 2019, but writing about 2022 and 2024 and uh, 2030. So it is very much forward looking. So the question about, do I do a revision? I feel like I already kind of tried to address the future. Would I come back and address it now that some future has happened and we have a new future? That's always a possibility, yeah. you know, somewhere down the line. I can imagine there would be some interesting new developments to look at through. That's right, because these forces didn't start with that particular administration. They were deeply rooted in America. So yeah. somewhere down the line, it might be appropriate to do that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So you call, you say, halt the presses, you get the book back to your publisher. 
So, and your book was published in 2019, as I recall. It was published, it was officially in October of 2019. So mm -hmm. that's why I was describing the writing yeah. process. But then with the book world, it took a while to come to print. So it was October 2019. Cool. So I've obviously spoken to so many authors and something I hear consistently is the shock of promoting the book and kind of varying degrees of feeling supported or not supported by their publisher or just in moving through that whole process. How well do you feel you were able to navigate that piece of it? That part was very challenging, which is another reason why I have no plans to do any revision <laughs> now. Right. It, nothing's in the works, nothing in the foreseeable future, not doing that. But that, what you talked about is a key. So this is new for me, meaning in the recent years, talking to people who were authors years ago, 20 years ago, apparently the industry has completely changed. The in-house publicist used to be a very active role in doing publicity and helping with marketing and all that. That has apparently changed. My experience is not the same as the experience that people had 20 years ago. So now there are some publishers do have a publicist in-house but it's basically to do the basics, kind of putting things in position, maybe saying certain things, just the most elementary elements of marketing. And basically marketing now from, once again, the perspective that I've heard from people who are longtime veterans, it's basically up to the author. And some authors choose to get an agent, some do it on their own, but some are more creative than others. But that has shifted from 20 years ago. Yeah, totally. And social media was a big part of the game-changing aspect of that. And just the whole difference of how how socially we look at advertising versus social proof has really impacted book sales and how people make the decision to buy books. So what kinds of things did you do and what worked best for you? A lot of it, once again, comes down to networking. Over the years, I saved business cards. Uh, part of it is that this also ties in with public policy. A lot of my research was because of my profession and what I've done in terms of my different positions over the years. But a lot of it also, I love going to conferences where I learn things, mm -hmm. uh, different conferences, events, forums, things like that, and hearing different experts talk about different issues. And I'm a guy who actually takes notes at some of those things also. Um, <laughs> and then talking to some of the speakers, but also talking to some of the people in the audience and the networking. So sometimes I've met different people in the media. I'd say business cards. In some cases, I stayed in touch. In some cases, I pulled out business cards and just reached out to people. Also, I went to certain kinds of events and talked to people. But in addition to that, also, I did have a literary, sorry, a, a publicity agent as well. Publicist. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So I'm just curious, out of all the publicity you did for the book, what was the most impactful or the most fun? <laughs> or well, <both. laughs> the thing is, I prefer long form instead of short form. So it's great if you got like a five minute quick Q&A on something, but that's not to me the most rewarding or the most fun. I really enjoyed, for example, on C-SPAN. I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of C-SPAN. Yes, mm -hmm. there are many of us who are big fans of C-SPAN. And uh, both their book TV and their other types of public affairs programs. But I love where you can have an actual fulsome discussion. Yes, we all could do sound bites and have a few sound bites prepped for a four minute back and forth, boom, boom, boom. But it's much more rewarding when you can actually 
have a deeper dive and a full discussion where you can flesh out thoughts and hear a question that is a thoughtful question that also pushes me, pushes the author to actually respond in a more meaningful way. Yeah, that's one of my favorite shows is Fresh Air with Terry Gross. And I love her author interviews, you know. <laughs> she yeah, absolutely. It was exactly that kind of style. Yeah, terrific. Okay, so we are at the publicity point. What else? Oh, you well, have a checklist. Yes. Have, yes. So let's hear your tips. So, which would apply to, I mean, uh, the idea here was especially for first time authors or new authors or sometimes stuck authors. Sometimes, you know, we get stuck in doing something. So, number of tips. First, I'll start off with finding as far as the subject matter that you want to write about, do something that you love, something you're passionate about, where you can really, in other words, when you're choosing your topic, part of it, well, that gets into the second thing is what's your objective? Are you writing just to write? Or are you writing because you know something or you want to share something or because you want to establish yourself in a particular... So the first thing is have the love for what you're doing. The secondly is know what is your objective? What is your goal? A third thing is to write in your voice. Don't try to be something you're not because that's going to come out. That's going to come through. Try to be natural. Try to use your natural voice it doesn't mean your natural casual voice, but do something that is a comfortable voice or a natural voice. A fourth item, everywhere, the letter E. What I mean by that is everywhere is a good place to start. Um, <laughs> uh, you don't have to start at the beginning. Right. If there is a particular thing that is your main point, your focus point, something like that, Anywhere is a good place to start, and then you can come back, and then you go forward. So whether you, and that probably applies even to whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction. If there's a certain element that you want to flush out, flush it out, and then go back to something else. So everywhere is a good place to start. The uh, next point is learn and research and get information. So yes, like I already mentioned, it's something that you love and such, but still there's more information probably that would make your work better. So learn more. And that also includes, like I was saying, I go to uh, conferences and forums. It's a constant learning process and research. The next... Just slow down for us and savor that yes. point a little bit more, because I think that this is one of, if not the primary reason why being an author makes you seen as a greater authority, because the act of writing the book should make you a better authority. Absolutely. And, right. And one of the reasons is you check what you think is so against what's available to know and really refine your point of view based on doing some research and inquiry, both external and internal, to come up with the points and articulate the points. Which does two things along the lines of what you're saying. One is I'm learning additional facts that expand my perspective of it, but also there are other facts that validate the point that you're making. Like when my case where there was a history element to every chapter is like, it's all right there. I mean, yeah. it was crystal clear by 25 examples. But then when you start looking at it and you realize there are 55 examples, it makes the case even more. Absolutely. Great. Okay. We are ready for the next point now. Thank you. So the next is energized, enthusiastic, psyched. In other words, find ways because writing a book is a long process. Mm -hmm. And it's important to find ways to keep yourself energized over the next section. That's also a reason why a previous thing I mentioned was everywhere. So yeah. if you're 
energized about a particular thing, go there. And even so, there are long days and long nights, and in your own, each individual person, each individual author needs to come up with what works for them, whether it's the time of day they write or the music they listen to or their habits or whatever. Stay energized, stay psyched. The next thing is anticipate answers, answer questions, anticipate the questions that an audience that your readers would have and address those responses. Don't wait for those responses. Part of it is because when you publish, it's a static document. And so it's very important to try to anticipate what are different kinds of readers from their different backgrounds going to say about this and try to address that as if you're having a conversation with your reader. So anticipate and answer those questions. The next thing is perspectives. And I mentioned before the, the notion of filters. So whereas the anticipate answers, that was from the idea of what other things do I need to bring in that aren't already in the works that answer questions. Perspectives is the idea through different filters and lenses, looking at what I did right, what's my core stuff, putting on different filters to look at it from. Like, for example, one time you do a full edit grammatically, for example. Another time you do it from the point of view of political sensitivity to the entire reading audience. And then you go back and you look at it in terms of how another filter, for example, would be five years from now, how will people read this that is different from today? So those are different perspectives. And my final point here is start fresh. At certain points along the way, set it aside. Don't even look at it. Don't even think about it for a day or two. I know that doesn't sound like a long time, but it is a long time when you're totally immersed. (laughs) The idea of just go do something else for a couple of days and come back where you clean your mind a little bit and you come back and you look at it again. And suddenly, like in my case, I saw things on a regular basis by because when you're in it, there's the concept of attachment. It's good to detach and -hmm. come in. So start fresh. These nine points, by the way, have an acronym. Okay. There was the first was love, second was objective, the third was voice, the fourth was everywhere. That's oh. L-O-V-E. Yes. And the next five were learn, energize, anticipate answers, ah. perspectives, and start fresh. Leaps. Love leaps. <laughs> if you love leaps, you can be able to stick with this process. Yeah, that's so great. That's so great. And really to add to your thing on perspective is so important because I don't care who you are, how experienced you are as a writer, it's very difficult to accurately evaluate the work that you've done. And especially when you're in the middle of it. So to set it aside for a couple of days, and sometimes even towards the end, it can be good to set it, just put it down for like a week and then absolutely and read it fresh. And you might find that in some areas you let yourself off too easy and in other areas you were way too hard on yourself that it's actually better than you thought it was. And I think when you can get enough distance and separation, you're still writing it in the back of your mind, by the way, but you can come back to it with fresh eyes, like you said. Absolutely. And part of it, like the way I was describing that in Pitchfork Populism, I dealt with the past, the present and the future by putting it aside for a period of time and coming back to it, sometimes I'd say I'd realize, well, that particular explanation of the history 
missed a different other track of history and I need to weave that in to, yeah. to flesh that out. Or maybe I'm looking at the present aspects and saying, I need to flesh that out a little bit more. I do make my point, but I don't explain it sufficiently. So then I go back and explain it better. Like, am I convinced as a reader? And if I'm not convinced, then by starting fresh, I realize I need to do a little bit more there. And that's why you're constantly editing and basically upgrading your work. But starting fresh gives you that perspective. Wonderful. Wow. Well, Brad, this has been so informative and fun to talk with you about your process. And thank you so much for sharing your process so generously with our listeners today. My pleasure. It's an honor. I enjoyed it very much as well. Great. Well, I just have one more question for you because it's the question I always ask at the end, which is, what question did I not ask that I should have asked or that you would love to answer? (laughs) You mean other than if I were an animal, what animal would I be? Sorry. Old television question. (laughs) Uh, What question did you not ask? Is it rewarding? Okay, great. Yes, it is. Because (laughs) if you are writing about something that where you have the love of the, maybe not of all the facts that you're writing about, but of the subject matter, it is an evolution as an individual. You're taking on a different role in the process. And so I would say that to first-time writers who wonder, am I up to this? Those kind of things, resilience is important when writing because it is a long process. I say that because I want to offer encouragement to writers, whether young writers, first-time writers, that yes, even though sometimes you may get frustrated or whatever, keep at it. It opens doors. You can feel good about it personally. It's part of your path if that is in fact part of your path. But if you feel it is part of your path, it's about journey, not the destination. It's the process, not the product. So it is a rewarding part of personal evolution. What a wonderful last thought to give our listeners. Brad, thank you again so much for being with us today on The Author's Corner. Sure thing. Thank you again. So Brad did such a great job sharing with us about his author's journey. If you would like help with yours, be sure to go to our website at robincolucci.com and fill out an application for a complimentary consultation. Once again, thank you for listening to The Author's Corner. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Author's Corner. You're one step closer to writing the world-changing book you've dreamed about for years. To access today's show notes and other helpful resources, simply visit our website at theauthorscorner.com. A positive review would be appreciated. Until next time.